Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Cam Miller, Pro Football Focus in just a few moments. But first, our play by play call today. Giannis gets it done for the Bucks against the Clippers. Defense gets a stop again. Giannis in the open floor. Korver, left wing. Boy, he had an open three and hesitated a moment. He rarely hesitates. Giannis for his fourth three. Yes! ABC! Easy as one, two, three for the MVP. 115-103. Four made threes by Giannis will match his career high. Now you know why Korver hesitated. Bucks won it 128 to 124 last night over the LA Clippers. All right, so let's break down the numbers. Cam Miller, Pro Football Focus. Hello, Cam. Great to have you with us. It is my pleasure, and your uh, your your sports knowledge across the entire world of sports never ceases to amaze me. I truly love being in right here when I get to listen to the same sports. And nobody knows if any of it's right, but it sure does sound impressive because it sounds, <laughs> it sounds confident. Very impressive. Very confident uh, when we say it. All right. Uh, I want to get to, we'll get to Minnesota and Penn State in a moment. I want to get to Chase Young for a moment. Chase Young is getting, obviously, and, some, and justifiably, a lot of run across the board for his current play, what his potential is at the next level. So give me some PFF as to why Chase Young grades out the way he does. I mean, you can see it, but what do the grades say? It's the way that he impacts the play, even when he doesn't record, you know, what we call box score junkies looking at it with sack plays and those splash plays. It's he When he is geared up against a player one-on-one, he is winning pass rushing snaps at over 33%. We've never had anybody even come close to 30% this, this level of the season. And for a full season, the record is just at like 22 or 21%. So not only historic grading, it is historic one-on-one production as a pass rusher. If he doesn't get pressure, it's because likely what happened is that they've schemed against him. If you look at the Northwestern game alone, he single-handedly changed the Northwestern offense. Now, the Wildcats offense this year is not anything to write home about, (laughs) but if you look at it, first play of the game, he gets that crazy sag that happens within two seconds. And then after that, 16 consecutive plays, they either ran opposite of him or they ran a screen pass or they ran a quarterback run the opposite direction away from him. So 16 of the first 17 plays were literally scripted to run away from Chase Young. That is how dominant he has been, and that speaks to how he is setting college records and actual PFF records for our time at, at, in, in the history of grading every player. So 2006 in the NFL, 2014 in college, no one has closed has come close to the level of production we've seen from a grade standpoint and then an individual pass rusher standpoint. All right, so now let's get to the LSU-Alabama game. Uh, I want to get to Joe Burrow for a moment. Uh, now, various drafts, you know, I was talking to Thomas before the, sh- uh, the segment about uh, uh, Mel Kuyper had Joe Burrow number six on his big board. He actually has Tua ahead of him. What 
makes Joe Burrow the difference maker in the LSU offense compared to the LSU offense, even of last year, but even two years ago? I think it's Burrow and his sharp reads. This guy is, is seeing the game at what I call an NFL caliber. He's seeing it so much faster than even last year, and then especially what we've seen even in the past five or six years with LSU, at, at anybody at quarterback at this point. He, the way he operates the offense, the way he looks through his progressions, and the way he diagnoses defenses is unlike anything we've seen. And then his accuracy. This, yeah. this pinpoint level of accuracy that, you know, if you look at the amount of times he's thrown two receivers, I think he's got 151 pass attempts, two receivers within, uh, with the, the defensive back within a step or closing towards the coverage, and yet he only has thrown about 26 contested catches. So he is targeting receivers that are covered. He's just putting the ball so accurately that his receivers don't even have to make contested catches. He's throwing them open more often than not, and he's throwing to those shoulders, to those spots where their hands are going to be, where the defender cannot be. So his level of accuracy is unlike anything we've ever seen. It's actually higher than Kyler Murray's was last year, Baker Mayfield's was the season prior, and anything we've seen from Tua as well. Now let's get to Tua for a moment. I thought before his injury last year, Tua was, to me, about as accurate as, as you can see out there. Then I think his footwork got a little messed up because of the injury. I mean, because he was not as accurate uh, after that. What are you seeing from him? And we can only judge pre-injury, but what did you see from him accuracy-wise this year? It's up there with the top in the country. If Burrow takes the cake, you know, right behind him is Tyler Huntley at Utah, which is a crazy figure. But then it's Tua right below him there. Uh, You know, he's not, he's taken a little bit off. Tua has this season in terms of the average depth of target, you know, where he's throwing the balls, but he's throwing his guys open because, you know, nobody has as many good receivers as he does. And, you know, you can't discredit Tua for finding Jerry Judy without five, you know, a defender within five yards. And then Judy taken at 70 yards. No discredit to Tua. He hasn't had to do a whole lot this year, but I looked it up, and I went and I looked. And if this game comes down to the fourth quarter, Tua has an elite grade in the fourth quarter, and he's never put the ball in harm's way in a fourth quarter game or a fourth quarter pass attempt, whereas Joe Burrow has eight turnover-worthy plays in the fourth quarter in his career. So if you get to it, Tua is the man to, to lead the charge, to lead the game uh, in the fourth quarter in the waning moments and actually make a play or two. But this one shapes up to... In my opinion, I don't think Tua's ever not been the best quarterback on the field <laughs> in his entire life. It's yeah. maybe the only time he is. They're very interesting. Want to flip it to Minnesota. Uh, it is, as I said to Sean McDonough the other day, I said, Sean, they probably weren't on your radar in August, and he chuckled about that. I said, the difference is I've known for a while Penn State was playing them, so I've done a lot of homework on them. Uh, so a lot of fans probably don't know a lot about Minnesota, you know, here. I mean, I think that's been a learning curve all week. So let's start with Tanner Morgan. He had the fabulous game against Purdue. He was 21 to 22. But Cam, he's only 55% the last four games. What are the numbers telling you? It's, he's, he's hot or cold. He's, he's hit or miss, so to speak. You know, the, the Purdue game was almost an anomaly to where, you know, I think he followed it up and he was 9 of 20 in the, next, the first half of the next game. So he's kind of this hot or cold. He still is attempting passes pretty decently far down the field he's got great feel for the middle of the field where he struggles and what he does he had an issue is actually outside the numbers uh, and that's to any level of the field actually so if he's forced to to throw across his body or throw you know from far hash to the far hash that's where he kind of struggles so the the key to limiting Tanner Morgan and we've seen it from a grade point stand 
stand-wise is to, uh, you know, limit the middle of the field and not allow it to find those guys, those talented three receivers across the middle. Yeah, and those receivers, they gray, I mean, especially Bateman and, and Johnson, I'm sure they grayed out high for you, don't they, Cam? They are. Bateman and Johnson are the two highest-graded receivers in the conference, and Ottman Bell, Chris Ottman Bell is still a top-20 guy. So yeah. no, no other team has three in the top-20. Uh, no other team has three, and that includes Michigan in the top 30. And so that is, uh, you know, rarefied air. If LSU has the best trio, you know, Minnesota's trio is super close with Bateman, Johnson, and Ottman Bell. What does, what does Rodney Smith tell you grade-wise? It feels like he's been there forever. It feels like we oh, need to tell this me, day oh, sports tell, for when Rodney sports. Oh, Rodney tell me about there. it. Oh, tell me about it. I mean, previous staff recruited him and Winfield. I mean, for goodness sakes. You know, hey, look, look, look at the job we've done. No, what job have you done? They're still really good. <laughs> he is uh, Rodney Smith, and he has been. I feel like I made our draft guy back in 2017, and Rodney Smith was on there as an underclassman that could have come out back then. He's a, he's a grinder. I, I love the game of football he I mean, plays. He gr- grinds out those after-contact yards. He breaks through tackles. He gets you first downs or touchdowns when, you know, when the play calls for it, essentially. I love the way he plays football. Oh, for goodness sakes, Cam. I was in my 50s when he started. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> it truly does feel like that. I know. Uh, that, see, I felt the two – if I had to pick two wild cards that have helped make Minnesota really good this year, are the two areas they had no control over. Rodney Smith getting a sixth year. And Antoine Winfield off suspension saying that he would stay at Minnesota and not transfer. So when you look at Winfield as a DB, what numbers are you seeing that just show that he crushes it back there? He's, he's the second highest graded safety in all of college football. He's the, by far the highest graded player on the team. That includes higher, higher than both star receivers. Yep. It's the way he plays football, I think. And actually, I, had a, I talked to a paper up in Minnesota this week. And the way that he it's, – it's almost unteachable, uncoachable stuff that is ingrained from this NFL pedigree of his. Yes. Where he's just got a nose for the football. He flies around the field with this reckless abandon, but it's not reckless. He knows where he's going. Everything seems to be calculated this year. And, I mean, he's rushed the passer eight times on a blitz, and he's got pressure on six of those. Yes, he those are Those are Derwin James-type numbers for him. So a lot of pressures, a lot of plays on the ball, even though he's not primarily the, the coverage defender on a lot of plays. Obviously, the five interceptions stand out. So uh, he doesn't miss a lot of tackles for how many attempts he makes, too. So truly, this guy is, is an all-around threat. And if he wasn't on NFL radars beforehand, you know, he's definitely got to be friendly supplanted there now. Based on me, uh, on the film I've looked at uh, to this point, I would say the best edge rusher Minnesota has is 45 Carter Coughlin. Is that how it looks on your grades? Absolutely. Uh, Sam Renner up the middle is very, very good as yeah, well. Sam but Coughlin... Coughlin is this kind of guy that, you know, he was one of the six guys returning to the, to college football that had double-digit sacks, hits, and hurries a season ago, and he's trending towards that way right now. I think he was banged up at the beginning of the year, uh, and now he's back to seemingly full health. So he is uh, he is pivotal to stop on the edge. Uh, I want to get to a couple of Penn State guys quickly. One of the guys they did grade out pretty well, and when you get two strip sacks, it's going to happen, but a young man by the name of Jason Owe. He uh, so he's he's kind of I, I like to call him I think the maybe the X factor because yeah. you know you're going to key on on gross matters on the outside. What happens and you know we have actually something on our website that actually is calling always oh, the the X factor on defense for yeah. him. Minnesota grades out as I think it's 98 in the FBS and pass blocking. And so if there is a weakness on offense, that is clearly it. So if you key against gross matters, you know this this shapes up for a big game. 21 total pressures in our book. Uh, four sacks, two hits, and 15 hurries. 
So he is getting pressure, and that's only on 124 pass rushes. So, you know, almost at 15% there on pass rush uh, percentage uh, when he gets home with them. So uh, I like his, his – it's not boom or bust. He's more boom, uh, seemingly, almost every play. Right. Okay. So you mentioned the Minnesota offensive line. Explain that great to everybody one more time about them. What are they run-blocking-wise? What are they pass-blocking-wise? Pass-blocking-wise, they were 98th in the country. 98th in the country. Uh, okay, gotcha. Okay. 98th in the country. Run blocking, they're up there. They're in the they're in the top 50 uh, nationwide. Nothing really to to write home about. Rodney Smith does a lot on his own, and, and the talented running backs behind him also do a lot on their own. So, uh, the pass blocking is the big woes. It is a big struggle. It's been a struggle, uh, and you'll have to see them definitely scheme and get something a little bit different than what they've been able to do this season if they want to stop the talented edge rushers. And then let's get to the back to Penn State for a moment. Pat Fryermuth. What have you seen in his progression this season? Grade was. I just I think the he just seems to get open. I know he's only got what 29th most yards at the position this season, but it's it, his red zone grades are through the roof. Uh, one of the higher graded red zone targets. Obviously, when you can use your big body like that, uh, but I think all around he's got good grades in the run game too. So when you want to put him blocking and paving the way, you have to be able to do it. I think one of the hardest positions to not only play but also to evaluate is, is tight ends because you're tasked with so much yeah. from pass protection to run blocking to being able to catch. You have to have soft hands in the, in the receiving game, but then you have to have hands of stone to you know, block. And so far, he seems to have that. He seems to have this. And that's what we've seen all season. It's kind of this upward trajectory, you know, buoyed by a couple of touchdowns here and there, obviously, but you know, high grades in the red zone. And if you want a big-time target to go to, why not him? Now, I know at one point uh, we did talk about LSU-Alabama. I usually end up with you asking one other question that's outside of the box a little bit about another player nationally. You mentioned Tyler Huntley at Utah. Now, Moss has come back at running back. And ever since Moss has come back at running back, it seems to have steadied what they're doing there. You mentioned Huntley grading out so well. Why does he grade out so well? Because when I watch him, I like him, but I'm not completely enamored with him. Well, it's and you, that seems to be, and I'm on the radio in Salt Lake City a couple of times a week. It feels like he just doesn't throw uncatchable balls. They may not be spectacular. They may not be down the field dimes or bombs. Right. But I mean, 14 of his passes have been dropped that have been catchable. He's throwing a catchable ball 86% of the time. And so, if you want a guy that's going to run your offense and run it perfectly, Huntley seems to be that guy. Zach Moss is setting records by breaking tackles on 45% of his carries. Right. We had David Montgomery do it at 33%, which is our record. So, you know, we're seeing that records across the board. Moss is maybe the most impressive. Uh, but Huntley, I, when I, I drilled down because I feel the same way. You, you want to be enamored with him. You want to just say yeah. this guy is a, is a leader. This guy is a quarterback of the of anywhere of anything. And for some reason, he still stands out. He's one of the higher-graded quarterbacks on all throws, targeted at least 10 yards down the field. They just don't do it enough for you to see it on a regular basis, so you can't really say that he's a quarterback that can do that on a regular basis. So I say open up the playbook and let him get it to Brian Thompson on the outside yes. show what he can do because they'll need that against Oregon and, and what is shaping up to likely be that Pac-12 title game. Exactly, because I watched the Utah-USC game stem to stern. To me, the entire game turned when Moss got hurt. Because he got hurt early in the game, and I just thought it took away just at minimum the play action that could make Huntley better. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Moss goes out. He kind of makes that offense run as good as Huntley's been. He makes that offense go. Cam, this is always great. Thanks so much. Appreciate the time, the analysis, the care you put into it, and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. 
My pleasure. I'll be back. Thank you again for having me. The Penn State Nittany Lions play on WKOK. Clifford fakes it, takes it, got it, touchdown, Penn State. He faked the pitch, he took it home himself, and the Nittany Lions have a two-score lead. Penn State football is sponsored by Sunbury Motor Company, Shade Mountain Winery, WNL Subaru, Turbotville National Bank, Zimmerman Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Truck. Kickoff is set for noon in Minneapolis. We're on beginning at 10.30 here on News Radio 1070 W. WKOK and WKOK.com. All right, great to have you with us. Our thanks to Cam Miller, Pro Football Focus. And coming up in the next half hour... It will be the king. I am a game behind the king because I swallowed pride. Better than two games pretty, back. It's pretty much that simple. Yeah. Can't make it any more simple than that. Swallowed some pride. It's all good. Yeah. Had to. Can't afford to fall behind just because of pride. There'll be a point where the Giants are competitive and we'll change our minds. <laughs> <clears throat> so, right now they're not competitive. It's the way it goes. It's the way it goes. What's one of Lee, Corso, what, what's one of Lee Corso's favorite lines on game day where, before he puts on the headgear? It's, it's strictly business. Strictly business. <laughs> yes. Exactly right. Strictly business. That was a strictly business <clears throat> move on your part. Right. Yeah, strictly could, business. Could make or break the season for you. Yeah, go back a couple, uh, to be honest, go back a couple to, years. To, yeah. No offense. No offense. I thought very little about this. I've got something <laughs> to get ready for on Saturday. I really don't care about, quote, making or breaking my right. season. <laughs> no, I remember that so. Chiefs. Steelers Sunday night game a couple of years ago where I chose this uh, I chose the Chiefs that night and what was the score early third quarter Steelers were taking them behind the woodshed 35 nothing and and turns out I ended up losing that season by one game could have tied the king after the Super Bowl the king does everything with no emotion loomed large king does everything with no emotion we know it's not. It's no emotion in his picks. That's true. That's true. Methodical. Hmm. Tunnel vision. Kind of like you. His just, heart. Kind of like you. His heart rate drops. That's where his heart rate drops. Yeah, his heart rate drops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his heart. His heart rate changes when he finds out what the standings are. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, his heart rate's a little. You know, it's like oh, I'm behind. Suddenly, he's mad. Right. See, he thinks I get mad when I fall behind, and I'm like, nah, I really not. I've got a game Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I got a game Saturday, so no, we're all good here. Ah, all good. And I'm glad Cam Meller could join us to break down that game. And as only Cam can, I thought he did a great job. I just wonder if... Uh, it's it, interesting when he was talking about Tanner Morgan, how he's more effective in the middle of the field and not to outside the uh, yard, yard markers. 
I thought that was that was really interesting. Yeah. You weren't listening, were you? No, I was. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm just curious. I mean, this is going to be the biggest game Minnesota has had in this new stadium in a decade, and I'm just wondering, you know, first quarter, first couple of drives, if uh, if maybe the scene could be a little too big for them. No, I don't think that at all. No, I don't. I don't take that into account. That's. I mean, for me personally, I expect them to come out and just play and play their game. Do I think Penn State's better? Yes. One of the reasons, you know, why I feel the way I do about the game. But I don't think the stage is too big for them. I think that they've been, I think this game is something they've been aching for their entire careers to play. So this kid on their line that's 6'9-ish. Yeah, from Australia, yeah. Yeah. What kind of presence will, uh, will he pose against the running game? To be honest with you, he's a much better athlete than you realize. Uh, but you're still not. You're still. I mean, the 400 is distributed over six nine. So this is not one of those. Oh, look at the size of that guy in terms of like having a big stomach and so. No, he's not like that. But does he move well laterally? I would say his lateral movement would, to me, would be a C. Right? It's a little bit better than you think, but it's still not that great in terms of lateral movement. you got to step out and get somebody. That's going to be one of the keys. Can Penn State get around him and then get to the ball carrier? For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family-operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570-286-5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And now for the introduction of all introductions, we turn to Sean Carey. It is our weekly tradition unlike any other the pride and joy of Emfield, Connecticut. Yes, Steve, here he is, your brother. We love him. We can't live without him. The one and only Kevin Jones. Hello. Hello. How's life? How are you? How's life? Life is good, you know. I've made a couple mistakes today, but, 
you know that they call it build a bear well we have build a bar and i made a calculating mistake on the bar but we can fix it because i bought extra material so call me dumb but it's a cool bar it's all aluminum so anyway that's it that's all i got so our closings in a week and a half awesome good so but we'll still we're gonna we won't be moving for a couple of months so yeah Elmar's gonna let us stay in the house Elmar Wolf bought the house so oh okay yeah so anyway so I made a mistake on the picks Wisconsin's at home yeah I wrote Wisconsin at Iowa I think. That's right. Yep, Iowa at Wisconsin, and the other one I caught too, Kevy, yeah. was uh, Seattle's at the 49ers, a 49ers home game. Really? How yeah. am I? De- you know, th- this is what I'm talking about. I, I've been doing this at work. I had an excuse when I was on part of the opioid crisis, but now <laughs> I don't have an excuse. But that's my concern too. When I was tabulating the standings, and uh, I would do it first <laughs> thing in the morning, and I barely had my first cup of coffee, and it's like yeah. you know, oh, dark thirty when I'm you know figuring out the standing okay i got a few minutes i'll figure out okay because i get up in the morning it's like oh who won who's who's leading yeah what are we doing where are we sitting it's at? not that easy <laughs> i was trying to figure it all out i was like wow it's simple oh, addition it, it should be easy though <laughs> That's well yeah that well all the scores should add up to the same <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> that's how i check it and i'm like even today i was adding them up i said now you texted me uh, this is what I got last week. I was four and four. Sean kicked butt. He was six and two, and Steve was three and five. Those are the numbers I got too. Yep. So right. Yeah. Which now. puts us now at. Okay. So if anyone wants to write it down, I'm forty-seven and twenty-six. Correct. Sean is forty-two and thirty-one. Right. And Steve is forty-six and twenty-seven. Yep. Those are the numbers I got too. They match up with what you texted me on Sunday morning. Yes. Right. So now we're we're clear, and I triple checked each week going down. And if I wasn't sure about a score or whatever, I just googled it and got it. So None of us have lost sleep over it, but we're we're good. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, we're good. How's basketball team look? Good start. Played well on Tuesday night. Uh, did not play down to competition. Good. Uh, when the starters were in there, did not have a lot of turnovers, and basically did what they were supposed to do. I think it's all you can ask. Just do what you're supposed to do. Yep, good. Got a game Saturday, which I won't do because it's uh, I'm at Minnesota. So the next game I'll do will be at Georgetown next Thursday. Good. Well, how's Penn State mm-hmm. football looking? I think they good. won this week. Tough game, good. but they won. So. Yeah, tough game, but, you know, good. No, no, no. Yeah, Minnesota's a good football team. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're good. I mean, it's how good we don't know. We'll find out firsthand. But they are definitely good, and they have confidence. Uh, they have figured out how to win. They have a formula how to win, which is important to them. And guess what? When you're eight zero, you automatically have everybody's attention. Yeah, you want You beat everyone in front of you. Doing something yep, that's right. all you can do. It's all you can do. Yep. So this is a big game for both of them. And I'd rather if Penn State was at home. So 
big advantage for Minnesota, but I think Penn State's just better. Then it gets tough. I don't know. Who do you guys think is the best team in the country? Who do I think is the best team in the country? Yeah. Um, I think for me, I'll stay out of that for now. Why? Well, it's okay if you don't say it's Penn State. I mean, no, I, I think I'll stay out of it for now. I don't think many people think it's Penn State. I, I don't... I, it has nothing, to do, has nothing to do with that. I'd just rather just do this game first. Yeah, you know, I'm just asking to pick, pick who you think the best team in the country is. You know, LSU, yeah. Ohio State. Ohio State is very good. They're... Ohio State, to me, is the only team that's dominated everybody with a pretty, you know, decent schedule. Well, here's the disadvantage I have, actually, with you guys. And this is a disadvantage for me. Uh, And and it's an advantage that's a disadvantage, okay? Is that in what I do, for example, I'll do the game Saturday. I, I won't see LSU play Alabama. Right. Uh, I, I haven't watched a lot of Ohio State. Usually when I sit down and finally get a handle on the team is when I look at tape of them. No, the only game I've seen, the only full games I've seen is Penn State. I don't, I can't sit down and watch every every college game. I've seen like a little bit of Alabama, a little bit of LSU, uh, you know. I don't sit down and watch the whole games. i got crap i got to do, but... Penn State's the one that I'm allowed to sit and watch the whole thing. I don't have any honeydews. So, but to sit there right. and watch every football game, I can't do that. So, yeah, I can't. I, I can't do it. Um, I didn't really care, to be honest with you, where Penn State was ranked in this thing, because I feel strongly that Penn State's schedule down the stretch will allow it to get to where it needs to go. And I think you know, a couple of years well, they're ago, they're in control of was, their own destiny. If they beat Ohio State, they're going to the Final Four. Period. Well, well, I, it's just I look at, for example, a couple of years ago, Penn State's finish was what Maryland, Rutgers, something like that. Sean, wasn't it? And I said on the show, I said, I said you can't come up with another win anywhere that's going to swing perception of who you are. Right. All right, so that's the big difference. You thinking of the seventeen season? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or are you thinking the sixteen season when they won the uh, uh, no the seventeen season? No, the okay. seventeen season by playing in the championship game they had a chance. Okay. Seventeen season there's just nothing there to say. Hey, look, here we are in the last like I'd say three weeks of the season or something like that. And I kept looking at it saying they this. I mean, they desperately need help from someplace else. They can't do it themselves. And they've gotten it this year. Michigan beat Notre Dame was huge. Absolutely. It helps. I mean, absolutely. It gave, now it made the win over Michigan a signature win. Sure. Up to that point, it wasn't. You know, it was like, well, you know, how good's Michigan, you know? But now they go and well. knock off Notre Dame easily, and suddenly the Penn State win is huge. So yeah. I understand what you're saying. So. But they have I mean, to you, win out. Right. Well, exactly. It's like, I mean, this week's a huge game for them. They have to yeah. win it. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Now, it, it say they, they're fortunate. Then the same thing next week. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just the way it is. I mean, and this is, this is the fun part to me. But again, I don't get, you know, 
I haven't looked at Ohio State. Everybody tells me they're terrific. The little oh, tiny bit I've seen, like I, I want to say, what what that game was I watching? Where you like you watch like a, a half of a quarter? You go, I think it was Wisconsin. You're like, all right, you know, first half Wisconsin, I think hung with them defensively, and we were at Michigan State. When we looked up, it's like bang, 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 because I, you know, I've because obviously Dobbins is one of the five guys in the preseason I voted for in the East because I'm a big Dobbins guy. Uh, and I thought that he was held back last year by having to split reps and having a quarterback that couldn't move. Uh, now he doesn't have that problem anymore. I don't know. I'm just curious. Who do you think, Sean? Ohio State, I think, is the complete package. But it is. It, uh, I, I said this to Steve earlier this week. It just, I just have this feeling every single year when we go through these new. You know, top six rankings every Tuesday night when the uh, you know when they update the uh, you know college football playoff stuff. It just feels like it gets to the point where I don't know how you feel about it, Kevin. Alabama's like grandfathered in every year, or will we have two SEC teams in it this year? Alabama doesn't play anybody, and this is the you know if you look at it, their schedule is not difficult, and they beat everyone up. That's uh, I mean, we're going to get to our picks here. I'll tell you right now. I'm taking LSU because LSU's been punched in the mouth and won. Alabama hasn't been punched in the mouth, and they're always anointed the best team. But I don't, I mean, they're always very good. But when they get punched in the mouth like Clemson punches them in the mouth, and they, they don't respond. So I don't know. We'll see. I think Penn State would give Alabama a game. Oh. oh, I think Penn State. Well, I'd like uh, to uh, get through Saturday first. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. Well, regardless Minnesota. if they win Saturday or not. That's a problem with college football. If you lose the game, your season's over. I'd say you know? any, any, any other. I, I, I would love to see these teams play each other more instead of, you know, a hypothetical this and a hypothetical that. I, I'm saying, regardless if Penn State wins this week or Alabama wins this week, it doesn't matter. I think Alabama and Penn State would be a great football game. I think any of the other five teams in the top six in the college football playoff versus Penn State would be a great game. Yeah, that's you know, regardless if that's what stinks about college football. Which everyone loves college football, but if you lose a game, it's just like, oh my God, the season's done. You know. We're not going to get the best bowl game we wanted, or we can't go to the Rose Bowl now, or you know. Unfortunately, only two teams are going to each different bowl game, and only four teams are going to the finals. So, but I would love to see some better matchups, you know. To see, I mean, give Notre Dame this; they take a challenge. You know, they'll they'll play the best teams out there. So, but anyway. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Let's get to some picks. All right. So we've got a Super 7 to dive into. And let's start out with that Big Ten matchup between Iowa and Wisconsin. At Wisconsin. Who's up? How about our fearless uh, first-place leader go first? I think Wisconsin will rebound because Iowa does not run the ball well. And you need to run the ball well against Wisconsin. 
I think Wisconsin's defense is still very, very good, but they ran into a buzzsaw at Ohio State. I got Wisconsin. Whiskey Badgers for this guy as well. Yeah, uh, the quarterback for Iowa Stanley is a lot better than Jack Cohn. But Jonathan Taylor's the best player on the field, and the Wisconsin defense is really good. Wisconsin. Yeah. All right. Kansas State at Texas. Cool game. Yeah, really cool game. Yeah. I'm going to – Texas is favored, but I'm going to take Kansas State. They're, very, they're, they're the ones who beat o- Oklahoma, right? Yes. Yes, I'm going with Kansas State. They're a good-looking team. I'm going to go with Texas. Good pick. I will take Texas because they're at home. I think that's the only that's that to me that's going to be the swing factor. If this game were at Manhattan, I would take Kansas State, but the game's in Austin. I'll go with Texas. On to the ACC. It is Wake Forest at Virginia Tech. Another cool game. I went back and forth and back and forth. I did see some of the Notre Dame-Virginia Tech game, and they looked great, but they could not stop them at the end. Wake Forest is a very good football team. I'm taking Wake Forest. I am also taking Wake Forest. I'm taking Wake Forest as well. I just think that they're going to run a lot of plays in this game, which could wear down an emotionally worn defense to begin with. Yep. Agreed. And, and then, the big one. And then came the game of the century. Tuscaloosa. I love the quarterback for LSU. He reminds me of Johnny Football in a lot of ways. And quarterbacks like that give Alabama fits, give Lou Saban fits. Lou Saban's very mechanical. If they do this, we're doing this. If they do that, we're doing that. But when he gets a quarterback who kind of like, okay, you stopped me from doing that, but I'm going to do that. He doesn't respond to it. Uh, I love the quarterback at LSU. I got LSU. So we talk about the other quarterback. We still don't know if Tua is going to be starting for Alabama. I'm just going. I'm just going by the hunch that Tua is starting, and it's at Alabama. That's my two reasons why I'm taking Alabama. Great pick. Alabama is not as good on its defensive front as they have been in the past. I think that's big, but I think it just makes the game closer. I think Alabama's my call. Okay. I love it when we're all different. <laughs> makes it fun. Okay. Then I get nervous. <laughs> said, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on! My wife's like, what? Because I'll put on the clicker on the... I could just call up the scores, you know, on the our cable system. Yeah, we have that on our setup down yeah. here, too. Yeah. It's great, you know. You can get the scores right away, and it's up to date. And then you can click on the game; it'll bring you right to the game if you want to see it. So, if it's on, but. yeah, you can get score updates and a column of games <laughs> that are on air. And yeah, you just highlight yeah. the game and hit OK, and boom, takes you right to that game. Yeah, see, that's when life is good. <laughs> lazy boy kicked up, you know. Lazy, lazy boy sitting in the lazy boy. That's great. Ain't technology grand? 
Yeah. All right, so on to the NFL. We were talking about this earlier in the show, Kev. There's that really good primetime games uh, this weekend. Like Tonight we're talking about uh, Raiders-Chargers. Should be really good. Sunday night, Monday night games are good. That's why you added them to our list this weekend. Uh, but first we go to the <laughs> Sunday. We go to the Sunday 425 game, 100.9 the Valley. This will be the third home game in a row for the Steelers and looking for their fourth consecutive win as they entertain the Los Angeles Rams. I went back and forth again because the Steelers are playing well, but I think the Rams got a little bit too much for them. Well, I took the Rams. <sighs> See, I'm going back and forth on this, too. I mean, I'm thinking sooner or later they're going to stub their toe. Then they got Cleveland two out of the next three weeks, but I just can't pull the trigger. I want to stick with my Steelers. Uh, I don't think the Steelers can handle Aaron Donald, and Mason Rudolph cannot handle pressure up the middle. I think it's going to be the Rams. All right, now the Sunday night matchup in Jerry World, the Vikings at the Cowboys. Steve. Oh, I'll pick the Cowboys. We still can't believe you took the Cowboys last week. I am. How about it? (laughs) I'd be two games back if I did that. God, the Giants will win the game. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be two games back if I made that mistake. I'll stay in last place, and how cool would it be if Steve Profels, his brother, wins the season by one game? (laughs) (laughs) That will be the pivot point right there. I'll send a note to Jerry Jones. I only put it on there so you would take the Giants, (laughs) and I'd get an easy win. (laughs) Little did you know. And it's only out of nowhere. <laughs> that plan backfired. <laughs> yeah. Well, you still went two and six, so for whatever. Oh, I know. Thank goodness, I'd have been like one and whatever. Uh, three and five. Three and five. I'll take. I'll take Dallas. Okay, we both have Dallas so far. I got Dallas. Okay. Minnesota. Cousins is not good. My goodness. Minnesota should be so much better than they are if they had a better quarterback. I think it's just those big moments Cousins? where he, he needs to deliver. He's not delivering in the very big moments exactly. when he needs to. Yeah. Cousins yeah. is good enough to be frustrating. Uh, he makes great plays here and there, and you're like, wow. But then he's when they really need frustrating. him to make a great play, he doesn't. And he misses receivers by, God, 10 yards over their head, and they're wide open. You see the receivers just like, where are you throwing it? You know? back, or he'll back run in this for a first down, and he'll slide, and he'll be a yard short of the first down marker. You know, yeah. It's like he's not aware of what's going on around him all the time. Yeah. Yet he'll still make great plays. So. Right. Whatever. Okay. Great plays when it's not pivotal moments in a game. That's the, exactly. That's the, it's that's not the timely. It's you know it, when they really need him to make that play, he doesn't, and it's frustrating for their fans because they're a good football team. So All quarterback right. runs the whole NFL. Hey, TV show about quarterbacks. That's the definition of the NFL these days. Yeah, absolutely. All right, as your so quarterback goes, your team goes. Yeah. All right, so Cowboys clean sweep from the three of us. Now to the Monday nighter, NFC West. It is Seattle at the San Francisco 49ers. Seattle's a very baffling team. Um, I'm at a point with San Francisco. Is they're going to if Jimmy G starts playing the way he's been? Now he's playing well, which he has not played well all year. The defense and other and the running game has carried them. He had a great game last week. 
San Francisco's a tough out. I got San Francisco. Yeah, we were talking about great quarterback play. Look at Russell Wilson last week. He accounted for five touchdowns for the Seahawks. Yeah. But this is at home, 49ers, and there's just something about this team, and that defense is just lights out. I'm also going to take uh, San Francisco. I'm taking Seattle. Okay. Good. I'm taking I'm taking Russell Wilson. Okay. <laughs> I'm taking Russell Wilson. I just he's a I think great he's an X factor. I think it's, he's an X factor that's fun. Yeah. I think the if thing he, with San Francisco is they can absolutely old school run the ball. Uh, yeah. And that they just they they keep Russell Wilson off the field, uh, and they can they get that fullback in there. That guy is a banger. He's got a Polish last name, begins with a J. J something, man. I'm not going to sit there and pretend I know a lot about 49ers football. They got Bosa and Garoppolo. Right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, yeah, but the, this fullback is the best blocking fullback I've seen in years. He I think I saw him in the Steelers people. game. Yeah. yeah. He, this guy absolutely hammers people. Which is Steelers. Is he does not miss the first block, and that gives your back an edge every time. Which the Steelers should have won that game. Still salty about that. Okay. Have a safe trip there to Minnesota. Go. Yeah. There you go. I know you get that uh, aluminum bar straightened out. Oh, it's all set. I'm just... I gotta stop making dumb mistakes. Take that new cell phone out of yours and uh, take some photos of it. I'd love to see it. I will. I'll send it to you. And then in return, cool. I'll send you photos of my shredded tire from my Pittsburgh trip last weekend. Okay. How about the deer? <laughs> oh, man, he was already he was already gone by the time I got there. So. Poor guy. Yeah, yeah, they're all over around here now. They're scrambling. I'll send you pictures. Okay. Bye <laughs> bye. See you guys. Steve, great call on Saturday. Can't wait to hear you and Hammer. You bet. Looking forward to it. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.